0: This episode of a Quick Time Out podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Alabama, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Time Out podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Great to have with us today on the show, basketball skills trainer Shane Hinnon. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Yes, excited to be on here. I, I connected uh, with you recently, but I've been, I have been—I think I've been following you for a while. And I, th- I think it was through Dr. Dish. I don't remember why. Um, or maybe you just popped up on Twitter. <laughs> and I guess, sorry, X now. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I've I, uh, always loved your stuff and uh, started to listen to the podcast once you reached out and realized I was missing out. <laughs> I, I've kind of, I feel like I've gone through almost every uh, basketball podcast, and especially yep. trying to like search skill development on you know Spotify or stuff. I think I've probably ran through everything at this point, so it was fun yep. to uh, find some fresh stuff
0: today. Kind yep. of digging in a little bit uh, into what Shane does, but then also just kind of talking in, in general, approaching the start when when people are starting to think about you know small group stuff and working with their teams. I know. For me personally, trying to think about putting together workouts for my players and, and what's the yeah. best use of my time and maybe kind of refining some of the things that we do. So, um, and, and you know, Shane's done an incredible job building his own business and brand as a skills trainer and uh, does a great job connecting with people through social media. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later on. But also mentioned part of the Dr. Dish family. So I'm partial to him. Yes, sir. For no other reason for that. So I love the dish. Yep, That's right. Let me just start with this, like skilled, do you have any kind of like skilled checklist that you mentally work through?
1: Everybody kind of starts training or working out with certain people for different things, right? So I understand that when people come to my gym, they're probably expecting or coming there for a reason, right? Like if I was more of a shooting coach, which we do shooting, but if that was obviously my specialty, I would understand that. And I think me trying to figure out, okay, why are they coming here and getting some of that information from them up front is important. Um, but I, I think kind of the, the main vibe people come through is with is uh, the footwork stuff, right? Trying to maybe add some new things to their game, but just kind of understand, like, what the heck's going on with their feet. So one of the very first things we do um, is I'll just let them shoot around. I'll let them dribble around, right? I'm talking to mom and dad, just kind of watching. And within like 30 seconds to five minutes, right, you can kind of like tell what's going on, right? Have they been dribbling quite a bit? Do they look fluid when they shoot? Some of that stuff from the eye test you can kind of figure out pretty quickly, right? (laughs) Um, So I'll do that. And then we start right at the elbow. This is like if I was going to give you a very practical example. We'd put them right at the, like, let's say the right elbow. And I would say, okay, I want you to side jab um, to the right. And I need you to take two dribbles and then get a layup, right? I want you to go across the paint. I'm going to put a cone in the middle, just go around it. Um, But I want to make sure you hit two dribbles, no more, no less. And then you do any finish you want. Let's get three reps. And I kind of see their dribble timing. So like if they jab right, they're going to be dribbling with their left hand. So I would want their dribble to hit the floor with their opposite foot, which would be their right foot. And uh, right there, that's going to kind of tell me if they're pretty fluid and pretty smooth with their stuff that's going to be off the dribble. And if they have good dribble timing, then I kind of, kind of, uh, jump to some other things and explain like, okay, let's work on some stops and starts. Um, let's maybe add some more finishes or, or test it a, a little bit more. But my very first thing typically is testing that dribble timing. And, uh, if they don't have it, then we'll break that down a little bit more. But, um, yeah, it's usually put them at the elbow. Uh, we start with that and, uh, we kind of fly through some finishes, right? We, we talked about first step options, second step options, two foot options, and just kind of see their basic foot control. Cause that's going to kind of tell me a lot. And that, to be honest with you, a lot of my training is developing or trying to develop foot control. Um, not specific moves, but more of like, can you tell your feet what to do when you want them to do it? That way, when you get into a game, you can just you know, react and play up instinct and you won't be, you know, stutter stepping and traveling and all that other stuff. So if I had to give one example, that's that's kind of what I would start with. And uh, off of that, it gives me a pretty clear picture of where we can go.
0: Yeah. Talking about the footwork, I, I feel like it's one of those things where we as coaches, we know the importance of it. But if I were to ask the coach, okay, so what do you do to teach footwork? Right. That's kind of where it gets a little bit vague.
1: That is the one thing that bothers me the absolute most is the lack of uh, just effort, to be honest with you, with trainers, with coaches, or with whatever. Um, I can't count that amount of times I've either watched a practice or a workout, and somebody's just screaming phrases like footwork or uh, sharp or stop sharp or like just stuff that, like, when you got to imagine a kid, and I don't think people do this so often. Like, imagine you're the player hearing that. It's like, well, what do I do? Like my wife and I are, are real learning how to play golf right now. Right. And I'm telling her like, Hey, slow this down. Like I have no idea, but I'm telling her to slow it down. Right. And like in her brain, that means nothing to her. Right. So I, I, I think there's just so many little catchphrases that are to get thrown out there, but there's no detail. And, uh, To me, one of the main things that I think every coach, every player needs to understand is dribble timing, especially if you're going to teach stuff like attacking downhill, getting to stops, finishes is huge, right? Or or even shooting. If the kids are not even dribbling on the correct foot, then that you're going to see so many issues everywhere. So, um, and I, I put out a tweet the other day, uh, cause I was doing this camp and, uh, I think it was during a water break or in between in between sessions or something. I asked, like, why do we only teach jump stops to youth players? And like, there's three, four other ways to stop. Why are we only teaching jump stops? I just threw it out there and said, hey, is this a lack of education or is a lack of effort or preference? What do you guys think? And uh, a lot of them said that, you know, jump stop is the easiest thing to learn. Uh, It's probably the most effective, which I'm not going to argue that either. But. Um, I had a couple of people say like, Hey, it's, you know, youth players to come to a speed stop, which is like a, a one, two stop, right. Without skipping or jumping forward. Um, it's just too difficult, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I pulled two, two fifth graders, right. I had, I had for some reason, two fifth graders and the rest of them were eighth graders. So these fifth graders are just like struggling through this short side game. I said, you know what? They're playing, they're self-discovering. You guys come to the hoop. And in five minutes I got them to do speed, stop pump fake step throughs. Right. And I'm like. These, I don't know if these guys will be able to use this in a game at all. Like the hands are probably too small and their strides are too, too, too short to step through. But <clears throat> the fact that they're like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And you lower the hoop, right? <clears throat> or you give them a smaller ball. That's a real skill for them. And uh, even, the, even taking the time to say, hey, this is a jump stop. This is a speed stop. These are the differences. It, that is so, so uh, I don't know. It's just like it's just not being done. You know, and I I think, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but I think holding back information from kids, especially uh, youth players, uh, is just not the right thing to do, right? And it doesn't mean that they shouldn't learn how to pivot and how to jump stop and do those things. Those things need to be taught. But they can, and they're more capable than we think, to learning something. And even if that move isn't instantly put into their game, one year, two years, three years from now, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, I, re- I mean, I've done this before. I know how to do this. They have an advantage, right? And uh, I think about if I had kids, I, that's what I would want. I'd be like, just don't hold anything back from them. <clears throat> let them know or let her know. Teach her the information and we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think you make a great point about us having too low of expectations sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't know that the ceiling for them understanding is always their ability to understand but it's actually our ability to teach and to communicate it to them. 100 percent. like i i did so a couple years ago we were at a like a young camp that was running with somebody else i I said like let's do this was a little bit when when euro steps were a little bit more popular i was like let's teach them a euro step they're like euro let's just try these first graders like how's this? he's like sure just go ahead and try it but they're mocking me a little bit but like they got it. I mean, they were great at it, but by the end of the week, they, they kind of had it and it was the same thing. I did it this year with the, you know, kind of stride stop ish type thing. Yep. Yep. But I, you know, I, I liked the phrase like, okay, outside, inside. Well, the younger kids still weren't getting that. Yeah. And I said, I forget that here, you know, Johnny come up here. All right. I want you on your mark. Get set. Go. I want you to run as fast as you can at me. And then all of a sudden stop. Yep. And don't run into me. And the kid basically did a stride stop. It's yeah. like, okay, so we're going to put a ball in your hands, and I want you to do the exact same thing. All right, yeah. you just did a stride stop. Yeah. so
1: kid, Man, kids will surprise you. They will surprise you with that stuff. And, again, I, I tell this uh, example all the time to kids at camp, especially uh, women's players, because – The the girls players that I I have worked with, the best ones are very um, open to being pushed out of their comfort zone, right? Like if I have a boy in the group or a college, whatever, or whatever, the best girls that um, I've seen have the best results are like, hey, I don't care. I'll do whatever they do. Coach, you tell me what to do. I'm a basketball player. I'm not just a girl. I'm just going to play like a basketball player. And, uh, typically when I work with girls, especially smaller area girls, they're very conservative, right? They have the arm bar up, right? And they're only move If they have to change directions, they turn their back, right? There's not, they're, they're playing it safe. And, uh, we're trying to get away from that. And I, I tell the story of this girl, uh, in Northwest Iowa, um, one of the most unathletic humans I've ever met in my life, like jumps like an inch off the ground. Right. When I met her, she's eighth grade, but she could shoot the crap out of it. So when she, when she came to me, um, I knew that she could shoot. I also understood that when she goes home, she shoots at her wellness center. So I'm like, okay, we don't really have to address that as much. Addie, once you get in this group, we're doing drags. We're doing floaters. We're doing, she is doing everything. I'm not holding back nothing. She's working out like she's got this uh, every move in the bag. Right. And eighth grade going to freshman year, we work out all summer. Ninth grade year, her first year, she uses none of it. And she just shoots threes. And I'm like thinking to myself kind of disappointed, like, man, we just worked on this, She's not even using it. Right. But then I have to remind myself when you are an eighth grader going into your freshman year, those kids are so much bigger. fat. It's like it's pretty scary. Right. And you're going to only play to your strength because you want to be in your safe zone. So her safe zone was I'm going to shoot the ball. Ninth grade going to 10th grade year. Now you're starting to see floaters, maybe a couple of pull ups. Tenth grade going to 11th grade year. Every summer that I've seen her since then, we've been doing the same stuff. We've just been expanding. We've been out of the comfort zone. I don't care if you use this move tomorrow. I don't care if you use it from three years from now. We are going to go through this movement to teach you how to move like a player. And by the time she was a a, a junior go- and then a senior, she was like, she's just way different, right? She's moving like an NBA player, right? And we have I have footage on my phone of her in the state tournament shooting like NBA threes. And she's, she had had three girls that fell on the ground because she's stopping sharp right. And I'm showing these girls, and they cannot believe it. And I'm like, literally, this is the same. This is the same person. You are the same person as her. You're probably more athletic than she is, right? And I told them, I just remind them, like, hey, some of this stuff isn't for tomorrow. We're not just tr- training for tomorrow. Sometimes you have to do that, but sometimes you need to like, just it learn how to move like a player freely and don't worry about your role. Don't worry about what coach is going to play me tomorrow. I just have to expand. And uh, it's tricky because I think as you get older, yes, you need to specialize. You need to find that role because that's probably how you're going to get recruited. Especially when you get to college, you you probably need a role, right? And it's the very, very special ones that get to play free. And then they, you know, they might even play past college, uh, but a lot of us, like, high school is our limit or college is our limit, so that's when we specialize. But I think, man, when they're in eighth grade or are youth, just let them. Let them, like, explore. Let them do all the moves everybody else does. If they don't use it, who cares? I mean, it, we have so much time to teach jump stops, pivots, and and uh, overhand. We have so much time to do that. We don't have as much time to just, like, let them uh, explore new stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's always a story I tell kids, and I love showing those clips of Addy because – uh when yeah when i saw her and met her she was just a kind of scrawny little unathletic eighth grade girl and she she turned out to be very special so that's a good story for me
0: yeah that's great yeah i feel like we i fear that we sometimes put them into a box because we know better and we know the skills that they're going to need and so we just focus on those skills and i'm always trying to remind myself like just let them have fun. It, it, everything yes. doesn't have to be like by the book and they can experiment and some of the stupid stuff they're working on. I don't know. Maybe they'll use it someday. Maybe they won't, but like, just let them have fun with it, especially when they're right.
1: And, and think about, you think about some of those greats like Curry or like, even like you looking at Caitlin Clark now, like it makes you think like, okay, what was, how did Caitlin Clark develop that mindset of just like, I'm going to launch from wherever. And I bet you she had some people that just let her play free. And I bet you she took a ton of bad shots when she was younger. And somebody kind of bit their tongue and didn't say anything. And they wish they they wish they would have in the moment, but probably happy they didn't because after a while she'll probably get better at those, right? She starts to do stuff that other people can't do. And it's if somebody would have boxed her in and treated her like kind of like how we want to treat everybody else, she might not have been that player. I have no idea. I don't know her and I don't know her, her development path. But it just makes you think like, what if we like a good thing maybe to do is, Hey, let's have, let's play three and three. Here are the rules. Go to seven, uh, check it up on, on out of bounds. If it goes out of bounds, whatever you, you create that rule, but then you just go away and you let the kids shoot bad shots. You know, you let the kids uh, follow each other and not call it or call it. And just like learn that way a little bit more rather than us saying, no, that's a bad shot. Don't do that. Don't do this. Right. Uh, I think that's, that's a tough thing to kind of figure out how to do. I'm guilty of overcoaching as well, but I think uh, you start to see some kids uh, become pretty special when you let them play like that and just be a little bit more free and uh, discover things kind of by themselves.
0: I hope that that's the outcome of us moving towards more of us moving towards a games-based approach. We yes. kind of like our little, little less controlling <laughs> a little bit more okay with and, i know somebody's out there saying like yeah but there's only one caitlin clark and there's only one steph curry and like yeah okay all right you got me but like i i I do feel like there can be some expression slash fun slash maybe we are holding some people back and maybe there could be some more exciting players like that
1: and i i think maybe people fear the idea of okay they're going to develop really bad habits and they're going to turn into it. and it's like well it takes a long time for that bad habit to actually hit. To develop and you can let them make that mistake and then you know after the three and three or after the practice like let's just have a conversation about it let's recall some of those things that we did and we'll talk about it but just let them have their moments you know let them see if they can do it themselves and which is which is tough it's funny because i i see a lot of short-sighted games you do and i i have taken a lot and i do a lot at my camps as well and there's times where I just set them up. And there's so many times where I just want to stop everybody. And be like, this is like, we have to do this. We got to do this. We got to do. <laughs> and I go, I just had, I go talk to the coach and I say, you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm not going to overcoach. This is going to get really ugly, but we're just going to let them. We're going to let them go for 10 minutes. I'll flip sides. We'll do all this stuff. We're going to let them go and we're going to have a conversation.
0: And I will let them you. play again. I fear that that somebody who follows me will want to come to one of my practices sometime, and then be completely unimpressed because I yeah. <laughs> just let them play a lot, and that's I how know I feel that too. they would just sit over there and be like, "Why didn't he correct that?" He's a isn't he
1: going to coach these kids? Yeah, right. exactly. Right,
0: yep. right. So that's how I feel I, too. I have to I have to make sure that I'm who I'm allowing into practice before I the subject. A quick timeout is presented by Huddle the market leader in video-based analysis solutions for basketball teams around the world. Huddle continues to make advancements to their suites of performance analysis solutions. Tools you know, like Sports Code are enhanced by their industry-leading tech like Huddle Focus, an AI-powered smart camera that's built to integrate into Sports Code right out of the box. It captures and uploads videos automatically from any gym. Head over to huddle.com slash a quick timeout to get a peek at all they're bringing to the hardwood for every level of the game this season. A big thanks to 323 Sports for sponsoring a Quick Timeout podcast. Guys with 323 Sports are providing uniforms, equipment, team gear, and more to schools and colleges across the country at incredibly low prices. I've used them on multiple occasions, and their options and customer service are second to none. As you prepare for the upcoming year, reach out to 323 Sports. You can find out more about them by visiting 323sports.com, or you can contact a sales rep directly at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program any other kind of mental hurdles that you regularly see or regularly deal with you feel like and any solutions to helping kids overcome those
1: um yeah i mean i to be honest with you the the more kids i see nowadays the more i realize they're like kind of stressed out um so one thing that I like to remind kids is that, especially when they come to our gym, that this is a safe place. There's let's look around. Nobody's here. It's just us. There's not even, we don't have to pull the phones out. There's no cameras. When you come here, there's this, this is not an A program. Your, your high school coaches in here, your whoever coaches near, there's nobody recruiting you. If you make mistakes here, we're good. That's kind of the point. Right. And um, yeah, I see a lot of kids that are a little bit stressed out. I don't know what it is. I think it's, I mean, who knows? It could be a combination of a million things. I was probably stressed a little bit too when I was that age too, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just trying to develop a safe place for those kids and, and kind of reminding them like, Hey, um, that's what we want. Right. Like, Hey, let's like on an extended finish. Right. Nobody wants to do that because they want to make the layup and you just be like, yo, I don't care if you make the layup. I just don't care. I need you to do this. Right. I need you to be extended and then celebrating those moments when they actually do kind of what you're hoping that they're doing. Um, The girls, uh, is a little bit more difficult. Um, but when you can celebrate like those small things, or maybe they start to get a little bit shifty and you can show them and, and, uh, you know, you might be working on a skill that might be a little bit difficult at first, but then they get it and you kind of have to celebrate those things and remind them like, look, you, you can do this stuff. Like, here's a clip of this person doing this. You just did the exact same thing. You're very capable of this and just kind of speaking that things, those things into them. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the main things. But, yeah, it's, I, I feel like a lot of the kids are a little bit stressed out, and I feel uh, uh, high school girls and youth girls in general um, are, are a little bit more conservative than they need to be. I think they're way more capable than they think. In fact, I think um, the, se- the skill separation with girls is, uh, is bigger than it is with boys. Like if I do a crossover, right, I get super shifty, I cross this guy over, and he's a football player that hasn't touched the ball you know, since last season, he has the potential to chase me down and slap that off the glass, right? Like he could athletically, or he'd bump me off. There's like five, ten girls in the world that can like slap the backboard or grab the rim. So if a girl does a shifty crossover on a girl, that separation is going to probably stay. It's probably not going to get closed as much. And, and when I show those clips of Addie, who I was talking about before that separation stays and, uh, athletically girls are almost similar right depending on where you're coming from um most of them are pretty similar so that when you have a girl that's very skilled and can shift their weight and can shoot and can change directions and stop it's way 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 more lethal than it is if a boy can do that right um and that's not true for everything but that's kind of what i see too and that's that's a message i try to try to tell the girls too is like look if you can do this other girls they cannot guard this you they can't guard it right and uh I think that that kind of puts a little bit more confidence in them and, and just trying to show them like clips of maybe some players that are doing things that are, are females, right? And it's like, look, she's she can do it, you can do it. Um, stuff like that.
0: How much of it is kind of adjusting maybe the outcomes? I, we're still outcome-based, but it yeah. has seemed like the outcome is not necessarily like you said, like the made basket at the yeah. end. Um, so it's still outcome-based, but it's a different outcome than traditionally what we think of being what the outcome should be for a basketball yeah. player.
1: Everybody wants the ball go go
0: to go through the net, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's like let's say we're working on like a stop, right? And she just bricks it, or she misses the layup, or messes the forward. It's like, oh, yeah, we missed that, whatever. But look at your feet, you you did that perfect speed stop. The exchange behind the back was great. You pocketed the ball and you pushed. That was awesome you will make the layup. I'm not concerned about that. That's an open layup. Like you just missed it. So it's, it is that it is reminding them of like what the actual focus is. Um, I think we can do that. It's, it's good. Obviously when you have better players, you want kind of the full sequence of whatever you're working on to be completed and you want it to be sharp and things like that. But um, especially as they're coming up, celebrating those small things and, and uh, changing the outcome, I think is, is probably a good idea.
0: I probably should have looked this up beforehand, but us just talking about this, it was in a tweet, so I may be completely butchering it and taking it out of context. But yeah. I thought I saw Diana Taurasi say something similar to this today. The problem oftentimes isn't the technical; it's like I just need to get more reps. Yeah, and I feel like for us as trainers, we are trying to, especially with the younger kids, trying to lay the foundation. She's she's obviously a pro and has already pro, had that established. Correct. Like We are trying to build that into the players and the reps come later. And I feel like that, especially with my team, we're not, for instance, this last year, we weren't a great shooting team towards the end of the year. But I feel a large part of that was because our guys just simply weren't getting enough reps shooting basketball. Yeah, Like there was nothing, there wasn't really, it wasn't a technical thing that was the problem. Like we just needed to get more shots up.
1: Yeah. I think I, I just actually, it's funny. Cause we just made a, a little skit video for Instagram on this with me and my buddy, Kyle. And, uh, in the video in the skit, right. He's struggling to shoot. Right. And we, the, the thing is we go through like this checklist, like, okay, how many reps are you getting? Let's start there. And in his answer was like, Hey, I'm getting this amount of reps. So that wasn't the problem. Then it went down to, okay, what do your reps look like? Um, are they game speed, right? Are they, um, in the actions that you'll get these, like, what do those look like? Okay. You're good there. All right. Mechanically, are we, you know, are we struggling with something? Is are you thumbing it? Is it, you know, the ball not rotating? Is it flat? Whatever. And his answer is, you know, it feels better than it ever has. And then it's like, okay, maybe we're doing the uh, incorrect drills. Maybe we got to look at more reaction shooting, some randomized shooting things like that. Um, so I think anytime you look at that stuff, I think having a little bit of a checklist is always good. Um, I don't remember who, uh, was on your podcast, but you guys were talking about shooting for teams and he was in a coach somewhere, but he was talking about just how much they track their statistics. Right. And they have to get their shooting license. Um, I thought that was such a good, good thing. There's so many times when I go do camps and I said, who's the best shooter in this gym? And everybody points at like one or two kids. And then we do like a, a green light shooting drill and they just like completely funk out of that. And I'm like, this is like, you guys have to raise your standards of like what's what's actually a, a good shooter or can be consistent in game because you know in your drills, if you shoot 50%, you're gonna drop down like at least a 20, 25 to 30 percent just because you're moving and there's situational things and there's variables that pop up in game. So yeah, it's uh it's it's always tough to kind of figure out what that checklist is for each player. But I do think um I cause I've been following so many trainers for so many years. Um, everybody is just like th- shouting their training method, right? Like, Hey, this way. Oh, nope, it's this way. Uh, all skills, all, all random practice, um, all game actions. Make sure you get your reps. Nope. We want to teach all proper footwork. And it's like, why don't we just figure out where the players at first, right? Like it cannot be just black and white. Like this, there cannot just be absolutes with that type of stuff. I think it just really depends. And I, that's the answer that nobody really wants us hear because then, it then you have to think, right. You have to critically think and you have to examine and, and plan stuff out. And that takes time, but just saying, Hey, here's, here's a blanket way to train. This is how you should do it. I just, I cannot believe that. I can't do it.
0: Yeah. yeah I yeah. agree. All right. How much of what you're doing is related to just making, especially the older players, how much of what you're doing is related to making players just more efficient yes. in whatever the skill So is. much.
1: That's like, uh, it's, it's literally teaching players how to move better, how to access different parts of the floor, how to get there efficiently, um, how to stop in a sharper spot, how to not lose space, um, how to access different footworks in different situations and just giving them so, literally just giving them solutions right um, for problems that are going to pop up in the game and a lot of it is just like re-educating them on things like okay yeah do you know what a jump stop is and they say yes and then they show me i'm like that's not no that's not a jump stop right and uh or like can you do a reverse pivot and they do a reverse pivot and it's like no that's a front pivot and then uh, we say, okay, getting triple threat. And everybody, whenever I tell somebody being be in triple threat, they always put the ball on, the like if I, as a righty, they always put the ball on their right hip. And I'm like, don't you want it on your left hip so you can like rip it through and like sell the rib? Isn't that more natural? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought about that. And it's like, well, so a lot of it is is just kind of re-educating them. Um, and the cool part is once you throw some terminology at them, like, hey, this is a drag stop. This is a speed stop. That's a jump stop. Uh, that's a first step finish. You know, you start to throw that stuff and they're like, Oh, and then they, they learn it week after week. And then they go watch NBA games or, or college games are like, Hey Shane, they'll send me clips. They're like, Hey, that's what, that's a drag. He did a foot switch and then he shot, right? Like they start to learn it. And now they're watching the game totally differently. And I saw somebody, uh, I don't know if they're tweeting at me or somebody else, but I think it was a reply to one of my tweets. And he said, well, kids just, you know, all they need to do is just watch basketball And then that's how we picked it up back in the day. And I'm like, yeah, hundred percent kids need to probably watch more basketball. Cause when I ask them, they don't watch enough, but I watched a lot about a lot of basketball too. And I remember even when I started training, I was like, let me watch Kobe He had the best footwork. I would watch him, And then I'd be like, Oh, that was great. I don't know how to teach any of it, but I, I think I remember (laughs) some of it. And it's like, if somebody would have said, okay, he did this, this term, this terminology, this term, this term, this term, I would have been able to piece some movements together. So to answer your question again, I think it's so much of what I do is just getting kids to move properly. Like they're like somebody, and I asked the kids the other day. I'm like, "Has anybody taught you how to cross the ball over?" And they kind of looked at me like, "Well, yeah." I'm like, "Well, has anybody showed you the f- proper footwork to it?" And did you know that there's like two or three different ways to do it? And they're like, Uh, eh. they didn't know that." So we start doing it, and I'm like, "Okay, you're not shifting your weight. Right foot's not hitting the ball's not going where it's supposed to be." And then we start to learn that, and then they do their crossover. And then they're not dribbling at the right time afterwards. Right. And it's, it's just kind of correcting a lot of those little minor issues. And then, uh, you know, hopefully the outcome is that when they go back to their team, they're more efficient with their movements. They're not dribbling as much because now they have better footwork. So they don't have to compromise or, or uh, overcompensate with, with more dribbles Um, and that they can just go into whatever role they go into um, on their team and just be a little bit more balanced skill wise. Um, And I'm also a big believer that skills build skills, right? And if I work on one thing and they don't quite get it, maybe we move off and we come back, we go hit a different skill. And then we come back, hit a different skill. And then we come back to that skill that we struggle on. And now all of a sudden it's better, right? And it's because we hit something else that helped that, help that skill out a little bit more. So it's, it's a little bit of all those things.
0: That's good. Uh, You mentioned the professional game, any trends you're seeing, that you're maybe working on with individuals or think that they need to build out?
1: Um, I think I've had this like idea of like how we always talk about fundamentals and like what moves you need to have and things like that. And I think shooting just has to be the minimum. Like that, that can't be just like a skill you, we, we debate like what's the biggest skill you can have or what's the most important. And everybody says, well, shooting, no footwork. I'm like, I just feel like shooting. If you can't do it, then how are you going to play? Today, like, how would you ever even, one, it's not going to be very fun. And two, there's going to be so many situations in a game where your coach literally just has to take you out. And, uh, I just, I, I understand that argument. Um, I just don't think, I just think that's the minimum requirement to play basketball. Like if you just have to be able to hit free throws, hit an open three, a set shot, right. You just have to be able to do that somewhat. Um, and, uh, I don't know that a lot of kids can do that, um, consistently, um, And it might be the, you know, next to stationary ball handling, it might be the easiest thing to do. Um, So, yeah, when I look at the pro game or even high level college game is there's so many good shooters now, you know, and it's um, I have to be careful because I was a good shooter and I put this tweet out today. I just have to be careful that I'm not trying to force players to play like myself, right, and train them like how I would see myself playing. I kind of have to remind myself to like, hey, these guys are all different. But I, I do think shooting for me is is definitely risen as something that I got to put priority on. It's hard to do in camps, to be honest. But a lot of our workouts are, are kind of more focused on getting to- towards a better shot.
0: Do you like to go like set shooting, and we're gonna primarily focus on that? And then once you hit a checkpoint yeah. or something, you move on to off the dribble, or are you just mixing everything together. What do you like to do?
1: I, I like, uh, I just, I really like shot building drills. I've been really into, um, some stuff like that. And what I mean by that is like, uh, anything can kind of be shot building, but I like to do no jump shooting from, um, just basically form shots from a deeper range. Um, and that really blows kids' minds for some reason. Like when I say, okay, uh, let's go right next to the rim. This is, is this what you do when you go into the gym? They're like, yes. I'm like, what are these called? And they say form shots. I'm like, this is great. You should do these. This is perfect warm up." And then I start shooting like, two-handed and then i shoot over the top of my head and then i thumb both and the ball goes in three in a row and i'm like what's the problem and they're like well your form's messed up i'm like yeah well my form doesn't matter if i'm this close to the rim right like because the ball just doesn't have to travel in the air very far so like i could just i could have the most messed up shot i would have no idea right and people say do form shots i'm like well you got to do them correctly or you got to maybe not hit the rim or you got to hold yourself to a higher standard at that point. So then I say, okay, let's scoot back to the mid range. Now the ball has to transfer longer and I shoot over my head. And I, obviously I brick it. And I say, well, the farther you scoot back, you know, the more your mistakes are going to be exposed. Right. And you could start, in the mid range, and then keep scooting back, and then I shoot a no jump three. And I'm telling you these, and I do a lot of camps in small towns. These small town kids like they can't believe that I can just shoot the three without jumping. And I'm like, you literally can do this. And then we start doing it, and then they hit a couple right. So I don't know. I, I like to do uh, some shot building drills. I like waist wraps. I like doing pickup stuff. Anything with balance. Um, I like doing uh, a lot of pops with like um, like 180 turns or 90 degree turns. Um, yeah, anything that's going to just develop a smooth shot. I like doing that. I love shooting challenges. I have a bunch of those on my training app where it's like, Hey, we got 30 seconds or a minute on the clock. Here's our shooting pattern. Your goal is to get five or six, you know, I love doing stuff like that. Um, it just kind of depends on the player, you know, uh, but yeah, shooting, shooting is one of those things where I'm, I'm trying to focus on a little bit more, um, as we go. So
0: for shooting off the dribble, you kind of blew by this. So I want you to kind of give it now and shooting while. off the bounce, shooting off the bounce. You just mentioned some things that are important, but when I watch most kids shoot, those things do not exist in shooting no. off the bounce.
1: Shooting off the dribble. If here's my biggest pet peeve with shooting off the dribble. I don't. I do care if you do a speed stop or a jump stop or if you pop your feet. It, the differences do matter. But initially, if let's say I have you do a side jab on the wing, and uh, let's say you're on the right wing and you're attacking the middle with your left-hand dribble. if kids, It's just like the finishing drill I do. If they don't have the proper dribble timing, their footwork is going to get real goofy. And uh, I see a lot of kids, they pick up the ball very early on their dribble, right? They'll take a dribble with their inside foot and then pick it up on that inside foot. They're like almost reaching two-handed for the ball. And I'm like, well, that's going to give away that you're shooting, right? And the defender's probably going to swipe down at that. And it's just a clunky way to get into it. So when I do shooting off the dribble, a lot of it is dribble timing and a lot of it is pickup timing. Um, ideally, you would, if I did a two dribble pull up, I'd want to dribble with my outside hand and my opposite foot. So left hand, right foot. So every time I take a right foot step, I want to dribble, then take a step without dribbling and then take a step with dribbling. And then when my last step comes in, that's when I want to pick the ball up because that's going to give me opportunities to hesitate and go to peek at the rim, to exchange the ball behind my back, to change directions. But if you pick the ball up early, you have one option. Um, but yes, a hundred percent when you, just like you said, when I see kids do dribble pull-ups, I'm like, no, if you're wide open, then who cares how you do it? You pick it up as early as you want. But if you're trying to get to a, a true like stick and pop up, pull up is the, the dribble timing and the pickup timing has got to be, got to be important. Um, and, and, uh, Kids ask me about that all this time, too, with finishing because I try to get them to go extended. But I'm like, yeah, if you're wide open, who cares how you finish? It don't matter. Finish right in front of your face. Good luck. Have fun with that. But if somebody's on your hip or somebody's on your face, like, you can't do that, you know? So it's kind of holding them accountable to those things.
0: One of the things that I also see is they don't have a consistent shot pocket when they're shooting off the dribble. And that's one of the things that I've even noticed with your clips on social is you are very – quick to get the ball straight to that shot puck it just seems yeah. I, I i describe it as it just seems sloppy which can typically leads to an yeah. inconsistency in your release point which yep. then lowers your percentage
1: we we do a drill where we just do dribble pickups like imagine you're standing at the free throw line and you just pound the ball as hard as you can with your right hand and then you pick it up with your your hands come together right and you get into your shot and we work on that skill of like your guide hand, hand placement on the ball when you do get to a pull-up, and then I want your shooting hand to come to the ball on a dribble pull-up. We kind of break that down. That sometimes helps, but, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And there's some kids, too, like with the way I shoot a three, my my like set point is near my eyebrow. So, like when I get it set, that ball is resting in my hand near my eyebrow. When I shoot a pull-up, especially if I'm in a fade or, a bump and a turn and a fade that both rise above my head a little bit. And I have developed the time to do different shots, right? Or, uh, let's say I'm doing a dribble pull up in there on my inside hip. I might actually be able to reach across my body to my opposite hip and then pull that ball to my shot pocket. Those skills, I don't think, uh, probably get worked on at all, but mm-hmm. I think about how I develop that. And it wasn't through a trainer. It was just me literally probably messing around bored in a gym. Like, hey, let me try to like do this weird shot from my left hip. Okay, let me try my right knee getting into my shot from my right knee um, and messing around like that. So, yeah, different shots from different spots I think is crucial. Um, so, I don't know. Nobody really likes the uh, – the, the more I get into this stuff, the real I realize like nobody really likes pull-ups no more and nobody likes fadeaways either, you know. And for me, I don't shoot a lot of pull-ups, but – if I do a, if I bump you and I turn and I can pick up my right knee and shoot, that thing is going in, man. Like that's one of my favorite shots. And if I was in a school right now, somebody might be yelling at me like, Hey, we don't shoot those shots. I'm like, well, I shoot probably a higher percentage like that than whatever you want me to do is shooting a, a, a two foot finish into somebody's seven foot or, or whatever, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. The, the pull-up stuff is, is interesting. What do you, what are your viewpoints on like pull-ups or floaters or, um, things like that?
0: I have been against floaters but I'm kind of moving towards them for the reasons that you just said. I just think as the game continues to move in the direction that it is, obviously that if coaches are they're going to try to do something to stop it and I think you're yeah. going to see more of packing paints taking away yeah. threes and if you don't have at least an option for a mid-range jump shot and that, I've always felt that way. It's just yeah. that I've I've for my teams the guys haven't developed the ability didn't, to didn't shoot work on the mid-range it. jump shot, so why would I say that it's an okay shot? Why but would if you it, shoot it? But there yeah. were plenty of guys who they were great at catch and shoot, and then over the course of you know the next two years, they were able to to one, work on dribble, it. pull up, and were consistent. and, and honestly, yeah. one of our two best players in the history of our program was, has made more mid range jump shots than anybody in the history of our program. Yeah, But I can, well, I don't, I don't envy
1: you you guys coaches because it's, uh, although you guys do a great job and have an awesome job, it's hard because you, there might be a kid on your team that can shoot the floater and can shoot the pull up, but then like the rest of them, like, you're like, please don't shoot that. Right. And it's like, how do you tell, Hey, Jimmy, you can shoot that. But you guys like, no don't even think about right that that to me would be hard to tell kids to do but then again like it's kind of like the green light thing like hey you just like you don't work on this like it's it doesn't look good it's not you're shooting a low percentage it's a bad shot for the team so i think if if coaches can say that then it's probably better but it's always tough i i just have seen programs like put like will flat out say like hey we're shooting threes and two foot finishes and that's it and i'm looking at like their five nine kid i'm like good luck bro like <laughs> i hope you could get the three off
0: we were one of those teams and have been one of those teams, but for the same reasons that I just mentioned, I yeah. I'm okay with it. But I think the that that what you just described has also forced us to define better what a good shot is, and yeah. it goes beyond. It really does go beyond like green light, not green light, yeah, it or whatever. It that there's more to it than that. It's and
1: a, it's a pretty deep understanding. Yeah.
0: I think it's taken away some obscurity and there isn't an inconsistency because there are measurable things. So I don't have yeah. I don't have, you know, Jimmy's mom coming to me and saying, right, "My kid should be able <laughs> to do this too." I can say, yeah. "No, we have measured, these are things that we've measured and things that yes. we've defined." And there isn't a, "Well, he can do it and I can't do it" type of thing because right. but if you're not going to de- if you're not going to define that kind of thing, Expect to get that from your players.
1: Exactly. And in in a perfect world, each player would be so self-aware of like this. I can shoot this shot. This is a good look. This isn't right. But it's just, uh, you know, that's hard to have. I. You know, I played this three-on-three version uh, with this uh, team here in in Des Moines, and the coach has this um, scoring system or the stat-keeping system of like quality of shots, right? Um, like one through five of the quality, a wide open layup is a five, obviously open three is a five semi contested, right. It just goes down from there. And we played three and three to 21, but it was depending on your shot quality and the amount of like hard drives, you know, and like I was and like, I didn't see any floaters. And if they were a floater, it was, it had to be wide open. And in that moment, like, yeah, that was a good look, but Uh, That would might've been one of my favorite versions that I have not tried before. And, uh, you're really, and those guys, I think understood that scoring system. So they're probably better at than most, but I was impressed. Yeah. I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I've heard of that scoring system. Uh, I think I have somebody actually coming up on the podcast in the next couple months that is going to yeah. talk about that scoring system. So Perfect. Keep listening for that. All right, before I let you go, you've mentioned the socials and then also the app as well. Tell them where yep. they can connect with you and find all that stuff and even like what the app does.
1: Yep. Uh, so it, Hennon underscore workouts almost on every platform. Um, a lot of the stuff. My Twitter is going to be very different than my Instagram, my TikTok because of the audience, right? I have a lot of coaches and, and, and people like that on Twitter. So I'll, I'll speak to those types of people. I understand that TikTok and Instagram is probably more kids. So it's a mixture of a ton of content, depending on what you're looking for. Um, so you can search there. And then, uh, uh, we have an app that we have recently put out within the last year. Um, if you go to any of my, uh, my social medias, you'll find the link for it, um, It's basically a educational app that shows you uh, different types of ways to move uh, breaks down finishes, just has a ton of breakdowns. Um, But then there's also workout plans on there as well. Um, You know, as far as just normally just getting shots up all the way down to like, if you're struggling with your weak hand, things like that. So um, if you're interested in the app, go check that out on any of those links, but yeah, that's about
0: it. Awesome stuff. That's coach Shane Hannon, basketball skill development coach. A ton of great stuff. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been fun.